Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. HudsonRiverRadio.com Hey, everybody, and welcome to this silver screen. We have something very special for you today. Uh, here we talk about movies and all kinds of entertainment, and we have fun, and we are glad you are here with us. Today we have a very cool topic to talk about, and we are super excited. But before we get to that, I just want to tell you that if you like what you hear, and I hope that you do, you can subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. Also, we have a Facebook page, but in the meantime, sit back, relax, and let's get this party started. Hey, Neil, you ready to party today? I am, Mercedes. How you doing? I am doing great. This is going to be fun. Okay. I won't delay any further. On this podcast, we are talking about The Wizard of Oz, the film. It, this topic was a massive undertaking, but we did have a request for this. This topic may continue for one or two more podcasts. I'm not really sure. <laughs> We're going to have to see. So here we go. I have to admit that I've seen this movie more times than I can count. And one reason for that is when my son was very little, he was obsessed with Dorothy and terrified of the Wicked Witch and insisted on watching it over and over and over and over. And honestly, I have I have since heard that kids do that when they see something in the movie that really scares them. They want to watch it over and over to like mentally come to terms with it. So they're not as scared. Well, that makes sense. I mean, well, I'll I'll join that. uh that I, it scared the heck out of me too when I was a kid. So I don't, I don't doubt it. You know that I think that was part of the appeal too. So yeah, yeah, yeah I agree because he used to watch it and then you know he knew when the witch part was coming and he his eyes would get big and he would stand real still. <laughs> like and I'd be like, are we torturing him? Is this good for him or bad for him? But I think it was ultimately good i no, think i'd I, like to think anyway i'll admit though when i watched it as a kid i didn't have the option to like rewind or you know play it over again or play it on demand i had to wait once a year when it would come up and it would be a oh we'd mark our calendars we were ready for it when when the wizard of Oz was going to be on every kid in the class was like you know all all excited about it and of course would talk about it the whole next day in in class so 
Yeah, it was a big awesome. deal. Awesome. I love a, that. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So even though I've seen it numerous times, there were still so many, so many things that I didn't know. For example, I didn't know there was a bit of a, a connection with the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, we're going to get to that later. And um, that is only one of a ton of the things that I learned. By the way, disclaimer, I have tried to fact check as much as I can. But let's face it, this film is now 84 years old. Many, most of the people are gone. And even when they were still around, memories fade and people remember things differently. Also, in any autobiography, I'm sure that people may tend to exaggerate for impact. So these statements that I found, these are statements that I found, but I cannot stand behind everyone saying it is a fact, 100%. So just know this is entertainment and not a dissertation on the subject. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> So The Wizard of Oz is a 1939 American film based on L. Frank Baum's wildly popular 1900 children's book, The Wonderful World of Oz. The movie stars Judy Garland, Jack Haley, Ray Boulder, Burt Lair, Frank Morgan, Margaret Hamilton, Billy Burke, and many more. It has been seen by more people than any other movie ever. So I, I if you have that. not seen this movie... Who are you? <laughs> like, seriously, who are you? A recent study claimed that this is the most watched movie in film history, largely due to the number of television screenings each year, as well as video, DVD, Blu-ray releases, which have enabled children of every and all generations to see it. I am so sure that that's true. I would I would bet on that one be, yeah. <laughs> being oh, absolutely. absolutely true. Yeah. It tells the story of a young Kansas girl and her dog who are whisked away to a magical land of Oz by a tornado where she meets three people who become friends and together they must find the wizard so that she can return home and the three friends can fulfill their life wishes. Along the way, they meet all kinds of adventure, both good and bad, including a witch, wicked witch and a good witch. You know the story. I don't have to. I don't have to. I'm sure I don't have to tell anybody. If you don't know the story, go pause, pause the podcast, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to it. Exactly. The film was ranked number one on on the American Film Institute's list of 10 greatest films in the in the genre fantasy in 2008. This is from the, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the Library of Congress website, um, which is super interesting. So this is a fact from, from that. On shooting The Wizard of Oz, like most films of the 1930s, The Wizard of Oz was shot on sets constructed in the MGM studio in Hollywood because the set was so large, as many as nine cameras hidden, hidden in bushes or potted plants would be used to film one scene. The hidden cameras took close-ups while the main camera used to capture the whole scene was on the end of a boom and was constantly moving. The extensive lighting equipment necessary for Technicolor, which was brand new and everybody was super excited about in 1939, is very apparent in these behind-the-scenes shots. 
banks of, and there's pictures that they show, banks of lights lined the floor of the stage and the catwalks above the actors and made the set uncomfortably hot, especially for the actors wearing heavy costumes. And we'll talk more about that. So let's get to some of the film facts. In the, this, I mean, every, uh, sorry, I'm just going to keep stopping because every, every fact is like, what? Did not know that. Did not know this. In the beginning of the film, the transition from black and white to color as Dorothy opens the door into the land of Oz, which I'm sure everybody remembers, unless you've only seen it black and white for some reason. Uh, it was done very simply. The whole scene and the whole movie is filmed in Technicolor. It's just that the house's interior is painted in shades of gray to simulate black and white photography. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So a double for Dorothy carrying Toto, wearing a dress in shades of gray to match the colored patterns on Julie Garland's Judy Garland's dress is shot from behind. The double hands Toto to Garland just before she walks into frame to create the seamless illusion from black and white to color. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. But we're not stopping there. There's so much more. In the late 19th century, yellow brick roads were relatively common. I didn't know that. The color is caused by a low iron content plus high levels of lime. So it's no surprise that many places claim to have inspired Oz's most famous road. Poss possible inspiration locations include Peekskill, New York, where Baum attended a military academy. Ithaca, New York, where Baum's wife, Maud, attended, a, attended college. Baum's son argued the fictional path took after the cobblestone roads of Holland, Michigan, where his father summered, and other claimants include Dallas, Chicago, Aberdeen, and Aberdeen, South Dakota. I had no idea there was yellow roads. And, and, and apparently that many of them. You know, <laughs> yes. Several yes. to choose from. In the earlier drafts of the script, and there were a ton, the writers often created new incidents to liven up the story. The original idea was to turn the story into a slapstick musical comedy. <laughs> hmm. So that would have been different. So there were a few deviations from what was written in the book. Some of the earlier scripts included a son for the Wicked Witch of the West, whom she wanted to put on the throne of Oz a stuck-up niece for Ms. Gulch, a rescue from the wizard's balloon by the Munchkin Fire Department, a singing princess and her cowardly suitor who gets transformed into a lion, a rainbow bridge that the, that the witch constructs as a trap for Dorothy, and a romance between Dorothy and one of the farmhands. And that would have been the scarecrow <laughs> that would have been kind of creepy too but uh... mind blown <laughs> yeah because she was a young girl he was a full-on adult in the film yeah you know 
When the script got too muddy, the writers Noel Langley, Florence Ryerson, and Edgar Allan Wolf went back to L. Frank Baum's book for inspiration, and the result was closer to the fantasy that he had written. The movie originally lost money on its release in 1939. Didn't know that. Production costs for the film were around almost $3 million, which was an insanely high sum at the time. The movie was reissued in 1949, 10 years later, uh, first in limited release and then expanded to wide release and made more money on this release than on its original one. And the film critics loved it, which they did not (laughs) the first time it was released. Hmm. So a little bit of history. Back in 1910, a 13-minute silent film called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz was produced. By today's standards, it's delightfully creepy, but 105 years ago, it was probably a revelation for audiences. The movie took a lot of liberties with Bob's original story, which can be confusing for modern viewers. In this 1910 version, Dorothy and the Scarecrow are already pals by the time they're both swept up in the very primitive-looking cyclone for their journey to Oz. And the movie also ends with Dorothy ditching Kansas and opting instead to stay in Oz. (laughs) I don't know. There's no place like home. Mm, Maybe not. There's no place like Oz. So another silent film, also called The Wizard of Oz, was released in 1925 and featured a young Oliver Hardy in the role of the Tin Woodsman. It also deviated a lot from the book. The 1939 version, which is what we're talking about today, was the 10th screen adaption of the book. The original Wizard of Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, is actually very dark and disturbing. If you've ever gone back to read it out of curiosity, there were tiger-bear hybrids, which were killed in an abyss. The Tin Man decapitated a wildcat and 40 wolves using an axe and a giant swarm of bumblebees died while trying to sting Dorothy and her friends. (laughs) The author of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz was only paid $75,000 for the rights to the book. (laughs) It made a lot more money Mm -hmm. than that. Baum apparently invented the name Oz when he was looking at an alphabetical filing cabinet labeled O to Z. <laughs> you know, I was wondering that. You know, I mean, you think of it now, and it's like, of course, it's perfect. But where did it come from? From a filing cabinet? Crazy, so crazy. I love these little tidbits. Dorothy was named after the author's niece, who died at the age of five months old. Bum loved children, and they would gather around him and listen to him read stories. When Mickey Carroll, one of the last existing munchkins from the movie, learned of the origin of Dorothy's name, he decided to replace her deteriorated grave marker with a new one created by his own monument company. The new stone was dedicated in 1997, and the children's section of the cemetery renamed Dorothy L. Gage Memorial Garden in the hope that bereaved families would be comforted in thinking of their lost children as being with Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Okay, let's talk about the characters. 
The cowardly lion's costume was made from actual lion skin and fur. <laughs> Gross. <Yeah. laughs> Excuse me, that's me gagging. <laughs> Sold for just over $3 million in 2014. It weighed almost 100 pounds, and he sweated so much that it took two people every day to wring the sweat out of the costume and dry it. After takes, Lair would remove the cut. Like, between each take, Lair would remove the costume, and both he and the costume were blasted with air from blow dryers to cool him down and make the costume bearable for the next shot. There were two people on set whose sole job it was to dry out the <laughs> cowardly lion every night. It apparently reeked because Bert Lair sweated so much in the... 100 degree lights as you can imagine i can't imagine like you really can't he was also not allowed to eat very much due to his makeup because it was very difficult and time time consuming to put it on he tried surviving on liquids like chicken broth milkshakes and smoothies but after a month of production he finally put his foot down and told them to just redo the makeup after he ate lunch <laughs> makes a lot of sense his son john into in the year 2000 married faulty tower star connie booth if you've ever seen faulty towers you know exactly who i'm talking about connie booth was previously married to her co-star john cleese and um so the cowardly line and connie booth <laughs> The, the the cowardly lion's son, excuse me, and Connie Booth were together and they lived in London. The cowardly lion was originally going to be played by the real life MGM lion. What? Hmm? What? How would that work? <laughs> no idea. No idea. I can't see that ending well. Um, no. For anybody. <laughs> that does not sound good at all. Ray Bulger was originally cast as the Tin Man. However, he insisted that he would rather play the Scarecrow. His childhood idol, Fred Stone, had originated that role on stage in 1902. Buddy Epson had been cast as the Scarecrow and now switched roles with Bulger because Epson was just a really nice guy. Um, Ray Bulger had felt that his signature loose-limbed dancing style would be stifled as the rusted stiff tin man he said i'm not a tin performer i'm fluid so he managed to convince the actor uh cast as the scarecrow buddy epson to switch roles considering epson was so easygoing it seemed like this was all meant to be unbeknownst to him however the makeup for the tin man contained aluminum dust which ended up coating epson's lungs Nine days into production on The Wizard of Oz, Epson found himself in critical condition in the hospital, unable to breathe from the aluminum powder makeup that he wore. My lungs were coated with that aluminum dust they'd been powdering on my face, he explained in the book, The Making of the Wizard of Oz. In addition, he also had an allergic reaction to it. One day, he was physically unable to breathe and had to be rushed to the hospital, where he spent two weeks in an oxygen tent. Producer Mervyn Leroy wanted Epson to suck it up, which is kind of an ironic way to yeah, phrase it, don't yeah. you think? Kind of, that's what, he would, that's what got him into trouble to begin with. 
and return to the set. When he didn't or couldn't, I would say, the part was recast and MGM gave no public reason why Epson was being replaced. The actor considered this the biggest humiliation he had ever endured and a personal affront. And I think that's really sad. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Well, he, he, he suffered. He, 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 can't, he, he landed on his feet. He made out all He right. did okay. Yeah. He suffered from breathing issues for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. though. And he would, of course, go on to star in the Beverly Hillbillies in the 1960s. Who doggies? <laughs> When Jack Haley took over the part of the Tin Man, he wasn't told why Epson had dropped out. And in the meantime, the Tin Man makeup was changed from aluminum dust to aluminum paste. However, Epson's voice remained whenever the song We're Off to See the Wizard is played. I hope he got paid for that, by the way. Jack Haley's vocals were never used during the song, but were used for If I Only Had a Heart and If I Only Had the Nerve. Epson's vocals are also heard in the extended version, If I Were the King of the Forest. Though the spoken segment has, of course, Jack Holly. Is it Holly or Haley? Haley, do you know? Hmm. No, I've always heard it as Haley, but. Yeah, I, I don't think know. it's Haley. <clears throat> Although Epson didn't appear in the film, there are still photos. Still, there are still still photos showing him taking part in the Wicked Witch's Castle part. The replaced aluminum paste makeup ended up causing an eye infection for Ray Haley. Not only was the makeup horrible, but the costume was made completely out of metal, so the actor couldn't even sit down during the day. If he needed to rest, he had to lean against a wall. God, you know, actors and their art. It's insane. (laughs) The original story of the Tin Man is very disturbing. He used to be a flesh and blood woodsman named Nick Nick Chopper (laughs) until he fell in love with the Wicked Witch of the East Daughter or a munchkin, depending on where you read. The witch didn't want her to leave home, so she enchanted Nick's axe to chop off his body parts one by one. And he replaced them with tin until none of his original self self was left. After he was completely made out of tin, he could no longer love the girl. Hence, no heart. That brings up some disturbing existential questions that only get more horrifying in one of the later books, The Tin Woodsman of Oz, in chapter 18, entitled The Tin Woodsman Talks to Himself. He returns to the tinsmith who rebuilt him and finds his own head in the cupboard. (laughs) What? Even more disturbing, the tin woodsman meets Chopped, the the tinsmith's assistant, made of spare parts stuck together with meat glue (laughs) from Nick and other characters. We, we got a whole um, other movie going on here, and this is a horror film now. This is, this is, a, this is a serious 2023 straight-on horror film. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So apparently there's a bunch of characters that met the same fate. Um, so caught in the rain, he rusted while chopping wood, which is where Dorothy found him. 
the Tin Man's oil, incidentally, was actually chocolate syrup, which is often used for blood in horror films and mm. regular films, I guess. <laughs> the Scarecrow's face prosthetics, which resembled a brown paper bag, left deep grooves in actor Ray Bulger's face that reportedly took more than a year to disappear. Wow. Man, these people... They were, suffered. They suffered terribly <laughs> for this. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a newfound appreciation for their for their efforts here. Or you're never going to watch it again. I don't know which. Uh, either, yeah, either or. <laughs> oh, that should have been my disclaimer. If you love this movie and love it just the way it is, and want your brain to leave it just that way, maybe you shouldn't listen any further. <laughs> Oops, too late. <laughs> it's a little late for that. So for the Scarecrow, after weeks of tests, a sponge rubber mask was devised for Ray Bulger that covered his head, but was thin enough to be pliable around the actor's facial features, which I think is very interesting. This technique created the effect of a textured burlap sack stuffed with straw and tied with a rope at his neck. The, the makeup man blended the edges of the mask with the makeup around his eyes, nose and mouth. If it was removed carefully, the mask could be reused. However, the mask seldom lasted more than a few days. I mean, just that is, 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 um, that's nothing. And somebody's got to make masks like crazy for this guy. Well, that, I mean, it's just every single thing that is mentioned is like a huge amount of work well this explains why the right. uh, why the price tag three million dollars at that time that that explains why there was so much why you know so many people had to be on on the set and so many costumes had to be you know fixed or remade or constantly maintained yeah, yeah. constantly um, in the original script, Dorothy and the Scarecrow were in a romantic relationship, which I already said. Ray Bulger was Grandpa Renfro, the grandfather on the Partridge family. That I didn't know either, but I didn't really watch that show. I was a little, I was a little old for the for the Partridge family. Right, right. Uh, I think we need to take a break. Let's take a break. That was a lot. We have to digest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Go get something to drink, like. Water, something, <laughs> Valium, I don't know. <laughs> we'll be right back after this with more. This is HudsonRiverRadio.com. Be sure to check out the Rock and Roll History Show podcast. Brian Horowitz and the Crambones explore the history of rock music and the true stories behind your favorite hit songs. Check out the Rock and Roll History Show on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. HudsonRiverRadio.com Hey, we're back. The Silver Screen is back with more Wizard of Oz stuff. (laughs) As I said in the very beginning, I can't vouch for all these facts, although I did try to... um, cross-check as much as I could. So I'm hoping that I am pretty close to the truth on a lot of this. You know, we mentioned, Toto was... we, we mentioned at the beginning how it was, you know, scary for kids. How We didn't know how scary it was. And this is scaring me now. As, as a, I mean, I as can't imagine reading the some of those books to the kids about with like the original stuff, like about the Tin Man and stuff. I mean, that was horrific. That, talk about yeah, nightmares, man. I'm, and <laughs> and they are children's books. Yeah, but <laughs> not not for my children. <laughs> I'll stick with the I'll stick with just the movie. <laughs> but yeah, but I want to hear more. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> This is yeah, terrible. yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, uh, more is coming. Okay. So Toto was played by a female dog named Terry. Judy Garland fell in love with Terry, who the dog who played Toto, and wanted to adopt her, but Terry's owners wouldn't give her up. She was a, a you know, she was a stage dog, so it's not unreasonable to think that Judy Garland could adopt her. This family had other dogs that they trained for stage uh but terry's owners wouldn't give her up and the owners renamed her toto after the film and she appeared in productions such as the women and tortilla flat about 25 films altogether before passing away at the age of 11 in 1949 or 1945 depending on what you read and she was buried at the spitz's ranch that was the owner uh in studio city los angeles the grave was destroyed during the construction of the ventura freeway in 1958 first of all how dare they i mean really yeah on june on june 18th 2011 a permanent memorial for terry was dedicated at the hollywood forever cemetery in los angeles she was a carn 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 terrier bright eyes with shirley temple was terry or toto's first film 
how dare they do that? How did, how could they make a little overpass or like something? Seriously. Something, yeah. I mean, we're talking about Toto here, like the best dog, love dog in the like for, universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Judy Garland was 16 during filming. Um, there was a recent film out about sort of the backstory of what was going on with her at the time and how and during the filming super good film i thought i can't actually remember the name of it right now <laughs> but you can look it up <laughs> sorry about that she was born june 10th 1922 she was forced to lose weight for the film she was referred to as a fat little pig with pigtails by Louis B. Mayer. That's that's very kind of him. <laughs> that is harsh. Wow. She was only allowed chicken soup, black coffee, and cigarettes. Are you what, kidding what, me? Wait, wait. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. How old was she? Sixteen. And they're giving her cigarettes. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of kids back then smoked at much younger ages, yeah, well, as we yeah, know. I don't think, People didn't... Yeah, they didn't have the warning on the package, you know. The Surgeon General hadn't <laughs> People determined... People didn't know it was bad, yeah. so... Um, and it it stifled her hunger, so they just kept giving her cigarettes. She also had to wear a corset. Her pep pill addiction started while filming. They were provided by her mother... And they helped her lose weight, and she could work 72 hours in a row. Very disturbing to me. <laughs> like, speechless. Yeah, I, I'm, I have no comeback for that. <laughs> when production first began on The Wizard of Oz, Garland was given the typical Hollywood treatment, which was a bouncy blonde wig and tons of makeup. Fortunately, Glam Dorothy didn't last long. You can find photos online. It's kind of interesting. They're very grainy, and it's hard to look at them closely, but um, but they're there. It was interim director George Kukar who did away with the wig and cosmetics during or turning Dorothy back into a girl from the Kansas Prairie, which is what she should have always. Yeah, been. I was going to say, like you know, the blonde and makeup does not really go with the uh, Midwestern farm girl. It doesn't yeah, really, yeah. No, no, this guy—a farmer's daughter, maybe. <laughs> a farmer's daughter, yeah. <laughs> <I don't>... <laughs> <sighs> she was in school at the time and um, did three hours of learning when she was not playing Dorothy. Something that we had talked about last week—that that kids have to do. Over the Rainbow was almost cut for the film for from the film for length reasons. I mean, can you imagine without that song? We wouldn't be talking Shocking. about it. We wouldn't be talking about it today, I don't think. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. She won an Oscar a juvenile award for her role, which she which we also talked about last week, which which she later called the Munchkin Award. <laughs> She was paid much less for her extensive work and dedication to the film, only earning $500 a week, while, while the Scarecrow and the Tin Man earned around $3,000 a week. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. 
Dorothy crying after the wizard's guard told her and her friends the wizard wanted them to go away was not really acting but genuine because she was told that her pet dog had died and she broke down in tears, which made the scene much more realistic. I could not find out if her dog actually did die or it was just a really crappy thing to do. Yeah, that's (laughs) pretty cruel. Either way, it's pretty cruel to use it as a, as a, uh, you know, a prop. Or... Wow. Even if it's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah no, like, yeah. why Why tell her then? Exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, break it to her, you know, after the filming is done for the day or whatever. Yeah, no. absolutely. So, during filming, Judy Garland was slapped by director Victor Fleming. During the lion's entrance, she could not stop laughing, so he pulled her aside and slapped her in the face and told her to get in there and work. And later he felt terrible. Oh, and I feel terrible for him. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) Dorothy's dress was actually white and pink, which was easier to shoot on uh, in Technicolor, which they changed it to, which they used to change it to white and blue. Uh, I don't know how that works, but hmm. who knew? Dorothy's daughter married the Tin Man's son. <laughs> That's which, a which, mind which, blow. Which, which, <laughs> now, who are we talking about in real life? Which which daughter? Um, um, Judy Collins' daughter, Liza Minnelli, married producer okay. Jack Haley Jr., whose father was Jack Haley. Okay, I didn't know if it was Liza Minnelli or uh, Lorna Luft. Isn't that her sister? I believe, yeah. Yeah, okay. That that's yeah. why I was asking which which um Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they got they got married that. in 1974. Um they did split in 1979, but still, I think it's a really interesting fact. I I had never heard that, that's why I was asking at all because I didn't know that. Um I mean, you know, Liza Minnelli made a name for herself on her own, you know, so it, uh, especially back then with the tabloid stuff, I thought, you know, I would have heard something about that. Hmm. Maybe not, though. Obviously not. Obviously not. Who knew? So, okay. Um, the Wicked Witch. Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch, was a longtime fan of the Oz books. She was ecstatic when she learned the producers were considering her for a part in the film. When she phoned her agent to find out what role she was up for, her agent simply replied, the witch, who else? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I think it's great. I think it she is. loved it. Yeah, no, it's funny. Margaret Hamilton could only drink things out of straws. Every, apparently, everybody could only drink things out of straws <laughs> uh, because the of the toxicity of the green makeup. That's never a good sign. Of course, in those days, we didn't have protection for people. You know, this was all just whatever works for the movie right. gets done until somebody you know ends up in the hospital for two weeks in an oxygen tent well i'll even go as far to say yeah that they may not have known the toxicity level of any of the stuff either up until that point when it's made apparent obviously yeah um 
but yeah, maybe they didn't know. Yeah. I think we should take a break because there's a lot more to go, but I think we should take a really fast break. Don't go away. There's more, there's more, there's more. This is HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. Be sure to check out Hudson River Radio's Shaving Cream Podcast. Barbara Viol plays the funniest novelty tracks and explores their backstories, guaranteed to make you laugh. Check out Shaving Cream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. HudsonRiverRadio.com Hey, so we're back with the silver screen. We are talking about The Wizard of Oz today. I'm sorry if I'm ruining your childhood. No, really that, that happened a long time ago, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like this sort of ruined mine, but, but um, it isn't helping. No, this is, <laughs> this is some of these thing. things I knew, some of the bad things I knew, but definitely not all of this bad stuff. So for the per- person who uh, requested this topic, I hope that you're, that you're okay with I this, and you're this is the direction now. you wanted to go in. <laughs> Because maybe it isn't. So we were talking about the Wicked Witch of the West. And uh, during, uh, uh, I hate this part. Okay, during the Wicked Witch of the West exit from Munchkin Land in the first color sequence of the film, the fireball of smoke that ascends from the ground concealed a secret elevator that took Margaret Hamilton magically below set. do you remember that? Like oh, a yeah. big puff of smoke and then she was gone. So it was like a trap door, basically. Yeah. Yeah. However, after she made her exit, she was trapped below the stage mm-hmm. and suffered several burns as a result of a special effects misfire. I'm surprised. Meanwhile, Judy I'm surprised Garland, anybody lived through this movie. How did... Uh, seriously, I know. And I don't think, it, it, in fact, I read nobody died during this film. Which Th- is, that's a miracle. Like, yeah. I mean, thankfully. And that's a but... fact as far as I know. Meanwhile, Judy Garland and Billy Burke, or Glinda the Good Witch, finished the scene above her. So, uh, so this big explosion of, of this fireball of fire where she's supposed to disappear and then somehow she gets stuck down below and is burned. I mean, that's horrible. She's laying there under the stage with, you know, (laughs) third degree burns while they're finishing, finishing the, uh, the scene. And she can't scream. (laughs) It's, It's a real take. So she was injured during the second take of the scene. The first take was used for the film. So it was essentially a rehearsal, the first the first take. But so they didn't use the, the so really they, they horrific it, one yeah. in the film. So after the mishap, however, no further takes were shot, obviously. The elevator didn't work and she was trapped with the pyrotechnics. Oh, God. She suffered a second-degree burn on her face and a third-degree burn on her hands. 
Hamilton learned after the fact that her makeup was copper-based or toxic and that if it hadn't been removed immediately, she might not have lived to tell the tale. Wow. Her dress, hat, and broom also caught on fire. She had to recuperate for six weeks before resuming filming. I don't know if I'd want to go back after that. Yeah, I'd say too much um, stuff going on. I'll, I'll 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 pass on the rest. Get it. Get the the stunt double, please. You know. Yeah. So afterwards, she refused to do any more scenes involving fire, which was very smart. So plus, her face stayed green for weeks after shooting because of the copper-based ingredients. Well, that's this poor, that's, poor woman. Wow. In in addition, and you know, sorry, just as an aside, I just remember something. None of the characters from The Wizard of Oz, except probably Dorothy and I don't know how who, but uh, they were not allowed on the um, in the cafeteria for for the studio because people were terrified of them. They looked too scary. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they had to eat by themselves. The only reason I thought of that is that, you know, she's walking around with a green face, like even weeks after shooting. So she's obviously not going to go to the to the cantina or whatever. But no, she just goes to the grocery store and people run. (laughs) (laughs) In addition, most of her scenes were cut because they were thought to be too terrifying for children. (laughs) So the scenes that were left in. Or the mild ones. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, they must have been totally terrifying because, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Her performance was so effective that crying children had to be dragged out of the test screening. So she lost whole pages of child traumatizing dialogue. <laughs> I wonder if they kept any of that at that point. Um you know, so much of this stuff is destroyed now or yeah. lost that I, I'm going to say it's probably Go not on, yeah. around. Although maybe if you go back and read the original book, maybe it's based on the book that much that you could get an idea of what was ha- going to yeah, happen. But yeah, but it's, it's it's not the same, you know, to see see what they no. actually had filmed. Yeah, and then, especially because. Yeah. Because we know her now. She's our friend. We've seen her so many times in this right. movie that we know her. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, too. Like, it, it wasn't a classic. or It hadn't even come out yet. How would they know? Right. You know that, you know, that, right. that this would right. be actually historic, you know, footage. They didn't know that at the time. They were just taking up space. Get rid of it. Wow. She played Marticia Adams' mother, Hester Frump, in three episodes of The Adams Family. Did you know that? No. She been offered. She'd offered been offered the role of Grandmama, but turned it down. Hmm. Typecasting much? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, she she did have a pretty long, you know, extensive career aside from being the Wicked Witch. But um, I think she was probably. Uh, you know that she'll always be the wicked witch. You know, no, no matter what she did. So, she was even in a in a coffee commercial for Maxwell House. Cor- Cora I the vaguely coffee remember that. Great, love it. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to drink coffee from the wicked witch. 
Might have <laughs> probably put poison in it. That's right. Well, filming the sky riding scene, the witch's broomstick exploded underneath Danko, Barbara Danko, who was Hamilton's stunt double, causing her to be hospitalized and undergo a hysterectomy. Did did anyone survive this movie without any traumatic <laughs> injury? Is there anyone? Mm, I think the munchkins did okay, but we're going to talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> so Hamilton had refused to perform the stunt after being asked whether she would prefer to wear her regular costume or her fireproof costume for it. <laughs> it also caused a two-inch gouge in her leg, the stunt double. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, sorry, I keep stopping, but I'm just like, uh, I can't go on. Oh no, I have to go on. Okay. <laughs> Margaret Hamilton said that whenever she saw the scene in which Fra Frank Morgan or, you know, the wizard is giving Dorothy's friends gifts from his black bag, a diploma for the scarecrow, a ticking heart for the tin man and a medal for the cowardly line. She gets teary eyed because Frank Morgan was just like that in real life. Very generous. Oh, I think that's so cute. That's nice. She, she was a kindergarten teacher. Did you know that? <laughs> Before or after? <laughs> Before. Okay. <laughs> you mean I, after she was traumatized and couldn't perform anything anymore? I've had I had a few teachers that were you know the the after uh, version. But I, you know. I'm, I'm, so she was a kind. I'm sure she, she was, was a, a kindergarten. Lady. Yeah, I'm sure she was. A, you know, I'm sure she was lovely. Yeah. yeah. So she appeared on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood to talk about her role in The Wizard of Oz to help them understand that it was make believe, and talked about how they could sympathize with the witch by knowing she was what we what we refer to as a as frustrated. She's very unhappy and never gets what she wants. Is how she described it to the children. So I thought that was pretty cool. So she knew she was traumatizing the hell out of kids. I mean, how could you not, really? <sighs> yeah. So the Wicked Witch of the West was the inspiration for the character Judy Hensler from Leave it to Beaver. Right. I don't remember who Judy Hensler not, was. Yeah, Do no, you? No. Yeah, yeah. So after the success of Snow White, you know, Disney's film, animated film, Louis B. Mayer was determined to get actress Gail Sondergaard, who was tested as the Wicked Witch of the West, with the intention that the character could be a sultry villainous a la Snow White's evil queen. But even though producers ultimately decided that bad witches are ugly and Soundguard lost out on the part, the idea of Snow White still literally managed to sneak into the picture unseen when Adriana Casalotti, who voiced Snow White in the Disney movie, sang the line, Wherefore out there, Romeo, during the Tin Man's lament, if I only had a heart. <laughs> so the voice of Snow White and the Seven Doors also got paid a thousand dollars for only line in the film just, i mean it's a one-shot deal but she was making a lot more than judy carlin was making <laughs> per appearance so that was the snow white connection which i knew nothing about 
I think that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, they wanted her to be like this sexy queen. No. But the producers decided that that wasn't right. I think and that, they would made not the, have. They made the right call there. Yeah. I think they made the right call. And if you all remember the poppy scene, I know you remember the poppy scene. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the snow in the poppy scene was actually 100% industrial grade chrysotile asbestos, despite the fact that the health hazards of asbestos had been known for several years. Hmm. I was going to yes, say, that's not f- toxic. No. Yeah. A fl- it's a flammable and cancer-causing substance, yeah. which was often used for snow at the time, along with painted cornflakes and cotton. But they decided the asbestos would be better. <laughs> Just throw more garbage at these people and see who drops dead first right right Right? (laughs) sorry but oh my gosh several actors playing winged monkeys in the forest were injured when their the wires suspending them above the soundstage snapped and sending them into to falling several feet and uh incidentally they wore the same uniforms as castle guards which i think is pretty cool Mm. Um, I think we should stop there. I just want to just I want to give some acknowledgement to to places that I got information from. This is really a lot more than this, but these were kind of the biggies. It was IMDB, Wikipedia, Ms. Mojo Vid uh video on YouTube, mentalfloss.com, evoke.com, parade.com, pastemagazine.com, interestingfacts.com libraryofcongress.gov and the daily star so most of them are pretty you know that's legit places Hmm. that i got my information from and like i said i tried to cross check what i could there is more and we will have that for you next week and you will be just as dumbfounded as you were this week (laughs) i can't wait because it it just (laughs) doesn't end So thanks for listening to The Silver Screen and go watch a movie. But maybe not this one. Maybe digest this information first before you decide to watch it. But we will see you next week. The Great Oz has spoken. Hudsonriverradio.com.